say some things that we should apply to our lives? Don't we want to be in a place where we can accept people regardless of the diversity of their backgrounds, that we can accept them in a way that transcends any differences that may be among us? For instance, if we've got a lot of Democrats in the room and we've got a lot of Republicans in the room, does that apply today? I mean, come on. There's a lot of disagreements out there. There's a lot of things that we can have differences over. We can transcend that. That's what a real community is. So at First Assembly, here, this is a community. A community of believers called to reach the greater community around us. So we're really sort of like a community within a community. But we can reach out to, to those around us with the good news of the gospel and the love of Jesus. This community can do that. And several months ago, I began asking the Lord about how to develop a, a, a mission statement to give me the words. And I've talked with some other people, had some people just praying with me about it, giving me some thoughts about it, read some material about it. And I just finally said, Lord, just give me some words. Some of those words are things that already existed in the culture of our church. But, I, I mean, what are the words? And so... Um, what, and, and if I look at it, I think, well, what is a uh, what is a mission or a vision statement? And this is what it is. We could put this up. It's something that concisely describes these three things and other things too, but these three main things. I'm sorry, it's before that. What are we about? Why are we here? And where do we want to be? Now, if somebody asked all of you that question. We talked about doing this as an exercise that we never did. Hand everybody a sheet of paper here and say answer those questions for me here. There would be some answers that would be common to one another. There would be a lot of different answers. And not that any of them would be wrong, but we wanted to come to a place of something that could concisely describe these three things and other things. What is the mission of this church? What is the vision of this church? So we came up with this, and I shared this with a few people in our leadership and we, and pastor, of course, and we looked at it. So this is what our mission statement is. To develop a thriving, authentic community of Christ followers, reaching people outside the walls with love, prayer, missions, forgiveness, and discipleship. That's a good mission to have, amen? I want to read that again. You're going to see this a lot. We want you to, we really want you to memorize it, not today. There will not be a test. That's at the end of January. <laughs> But to develop a thriving, authentic community of Christ followers, reaching people outside the walls with love, prayer, missions, forgiveness, and discipleship. So a mission is like a, in these missions, that it's like the marching orders to carry out a vision. It's more of a tactical plan than a strategic plan. And I know that gets in the weeds a little bit, but, and not that I get caught up in too much of all of that. But here's the one thing I do want to say. Notice how our mission is great commission-minded. Notice how that mission is great commission-minded. Now, that great commission, I've preached about it here before on more than one occasion. It's Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20 primarily, but there's some other verses on either side. But it, look, the great commission is what it's all about. It's what it's all about. And so we wanted to make sure that happens. So now, if you look at the great commission, uh, it says, go and make disciples of all nations. That's one of the things it says. So look at the mission statement. If we could go back to that just for a moment, slide before. 
reaching people outside the walls. Go and make disciples. Also, missions is a word that is great commission later. Discipleship, make disciples, is a word that's great commission later. Then the other great part of what the Great Commission is, and I believe maybe the most important part in terms of all of it is important, but if you were to just nail one thing down, Jesus says, teaching them to obey all I have taught you. That's what he said. So what are those things? Jesus taught us to love. And he loved. He taught us to pray. And boy, did he pray. He taught us to to, uh, to 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 be on mission, to do things that are mission-minded. His whole life was a mission. Boy, did he ever teach us about forgiveness. That may have been the greatest thing that Jesus taught amongst everything, but he taught us forgiveness. He taught us how to do it, and he did it at the highest level. And then you go on and think about all of these things. Discipleship. Boy, how did he teach that? He took 12 ragtag guys, man. Blue-collar people. Nobody special. And I'm not saying blue-collar people aren't. I think they're the same as anybody else. In fact, maybe better than a lot of what people would call white-collar. I'm going to tell you, the salt-of-the-earth people, man, those guys weren't anything. They didn't have any special training, any degrees, any pedigree, or anything else. He took that group of 12 guys, and in three years, he made them, through discipleship, the group of people that created what lives as Christianity in this world today. Name any other group of people that transformed the world like that. Anybody. All the empires, all the great things of history, they're gone. This remains. It's not because of the people, it's because of Jesus. But what he did through the people. So we're a community with a mission. We are also a community with a vision. And so I want to talk about that for a second. Now here's some of the words that fell into this, and now here's our vision statement. Leading people to find and follow Jesus as we experience life Together, together to love, together to learn, and together to live. Now, I want to just talk about that. And first of all, if you look at all of that right there, that is an ambitious agenda. Some ambitious objectives there. To lead people to find and follow Jesus alone. But let me tell you this. It is a responsibility of each and every one of you. If you declare yourself as a Christ follower i got news for you today. It is a responsibility of yours, if you truly are, to live out toward working your life toward that vision. It's not optional. It's a responsibility. Now, the other good thing about it is, and really more importantly, I think, is that it's a privilege. The more you do this, the more you recognize that privilege in your life. And that privilege that you have will yield tremendous results. And please listen to me here. This will yield tremendous results in your personal life, in the life of your family, in your marriage, in those around you, in people you encounter, in your work opportunities, in every facet of your life. This will yield huge results if you totally buy in and you go all in. I know that was a little silent. Because 
that requires something of us. But it is a responsibility, but what a great privilege it is. So, it's ambitious, but here's the thing. As believers, as Christ followers, we have been commissioned with authority to do this. Jesus said in the Great Commission, he said, all authority has been given to me. All authority. And he commissioned us to work under his authority. We can go out and, and, and be all of the things he wants us to be because of his authority. But he has commissioned to us. So, as we look at this idea of making disciples, we're not doing it alone. In fact, in the Great Commission, he also says that. I will be with you. I'm paraphrasing now. I will be with you every step of the way, even until the end of the age, Jesus said. So it is a big, ambitious objective, but it is a responsibility, a privilege, and we have been commissioned and given the authority to be able to carry this out, if we choose to. So how will people come to find Jesus? Through gatherings like this today. That'll be a way. They'll find Jesus through other smaller gatherings we have that we're going to call connect groups that we've talked about a little bit. And we'll be giving you more information about that in January. And it'll come with personal interaction with one another. We'll, Jesus is, a, is, a, is an amazing story to share with people if you choose to do it. And also this, God will give you divine encounters. How many have ever been in a divine encounter where he's giving you the opportunity to share the gospel? It's amazing in places where you don't even think that it would come up. And, and, and God puts somebody in your path, and you can share that through personal interactions. So there's a lot of ways that we can lead people to find Jesus. And all of them are important, and all of them need to be used. And then people will also learn to follow Jesus through things that we are doing. We've talked about that here. I'm going to talk about it a little bit more specifically here. People will learn to follow him through an intentional discipleship pathway that we are birthing and launching in this church next year. We simply call it follow, because that's what it is. It's about following, learning to follow Jesus. And you'll hear more, but I will tell you this. There's a lot of people that are in this room here today. Many of you don't know about this, and many of you do, but there are a lot of people in this room today who are working diligently to bring this new discipleship pathway into our church next year. And it will, I, I, I'm just I'm telling you <laughs> I can only tell you the things that God has put on my heart. He has shown me as clearly as I am. You can see me standing here today. I'm not exaggerating. The people who are willing to put their and invest their time in this discipleship pathway and some other things that we'll be doing as well, it'll change your life. It'll transform your life. And if you say, well, I'm already a Christian. I'm already following the Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm doing all the things. I'm talking to you. Whoever you might be, your life will change for the better. If you think things that God's doing things in your life now, wait until this happens. Walk in the obedience of this. Teach people. Learn to follow Jesus. It will transform not only your life, but other people in your sphere of influence. I promise you we're going to hear many, many testimonies accounting for all of the things that God is doing because people are leaning into this. So that's another way that we can teach people, as the Great Commission indicates, to follow the Lord. And again, you'll hear more about that. There's going to be other tremendous spiritual growth opportunities. In the mornings on Sunday, we're going to do a thing that we call Focus Group. We're wrapping up the Revelation study that's been going on in, uh, 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 on Sunday mornings in January. 
because of the holidays, we had to reschedule some things. So they'll be wrapping up in January. And in February, we're going to have a whole list of, uh, of new courses that will begin in February. So if you want to get up a little bit early, I said if you want to get up a little bit early <laughs> and invest just a little bit of your time, you will see God begin to deepen the roots and widen your sphere of influence. He'll deepen the roots of your life grounded to Him and His Word, and He will widen your opportunities if you're willing to do it. We're going to give you these opportunities. We're going to put these things, and you'll be hearing more about them. So all of these things, and some others, but all these things we want to do together. That's a really important word. We've included this phrase since 2015 at this church. Experience life together. That's first century church stuff there, folks. That's Acts 2. That's where it all started. And you can look at that if you want to. In fact, I'd encourage you today as a little exercise, go read Acts chapter 2. Just go read that one chapter. Thank you, I don't know, three or four minutes. Go see what the first chapter They lived together in community. It's one of the things that they did. And so this vision statement we talked about before, if we can maybe go back and put that up again just for one second. Vision. Leading people to find and follow Jesus. Can you find that one? I think it's number, it is number nine. Leading people to find and follow Jesus as we experience life together, together to love, together to learn, together to live. So I want to talk about those really quick. Together in love, as we love one another. This is the linchpin of, of, of everything. Without that, it's as Paul wrote, it's banging a symbol. You might as well take a big pan out of your kitchen and just start banging on it. It's noise if we don't have this. But, but this is something that this church has a natural tendency to do. But 1 Peter 4, 8 says, More important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sin. John 15, 12, this is the Amplified Version. Jesus is speaking and he says, This is my commandment that you love and unselfishly seek the best for one another just as I have loved you. I, don't answer this question. I don't want to put anybody on the spot. But who wants to live their life unselfishly seeking the best for others? Ask yourself that question. I, mean, I, don't, know when I, I, I don't know how I would answer that right now. I think I do in some cases, but if I'm going to be real, I'm going to be honest, that's a challenge. But that's what Jesus said. He didn't ask you if you would like to do it. You see that word commandment? Yet this is to challenge everybody that's here today. I know for some of you guests, you're like, what is this guy talking about? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching the word of God. That's what I'm doing today. I'm bringing forth the word that is challenging us to do the things that He's called us to do. And He is commanding us that we love and unselfishly seek. We've got to go to others together to learn. As we learn with one another, there's going to be great things that will happen amongst us. The power amongst us being together and learning together. 2 Timothy 3.16, I love this version of this, but there's so many uh, translations you could read of this that, that all say the same thing. But the New Living Translation says, all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true 
and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. When you are going to dive into putting the, the Scripture as a part of your daily life, and you're going to live by it and try to obey it, you're going to digest it and put it in your routines, it's going to convict you and tell you when you're going the wrong way, when you're doing something wrong. And guess what? It's also going to give you guidelines to get to the right place. That's good. And so we want to learn as much as we can about that because it corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So together we can learn. Together we would live it out together. Again, as we experience life together, Acts chapter 2, I mentioned it a moment ago. You read the whole chapter. This is verses 46 and 47. It says this. And they worship together at the temple each day. In the temple courts, many translations says, that's what we're doing today. We're gathering together as like what happened in those days referred to the temple. This is like a, a corporate gathering, a church service, okay? But it also goes on to say the met in homes for the Lord's Supper. Shared meals with great joy. Well, that's what we're talking about in Connect Group. In discipleship. But with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Look at that. Enjoying the goodwill of all the people. There is something about coming together living life, experiencing life together, where goodwill amongst us begins to build and grow and it feeds off of each other. And we lift each other up and we build each other up. And these things start to just yield different results of how we look at life, how we manage our life. That's, again, that's Acts chapter 2. So we are also a community of builders. Our occupation really as believers is, a, is sort of in the construction field. We are builders of the kingdom of God. And to build something, it implies that there's work and labor involved. I don't know if you've ever built a house or been involved in building a house. But if you build a house, you, you know, you have the best laid plans, as they say. You've got to have labor. There's got to be laborers, not just a plan or an idea. And so for us, that's the work that we need to decide that we're going to put a little bit of work in if we want to be builders of the kingdom of God. And Solomon said this, I love this. Psalm 127, he said it this way. Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects the city, guarding it with centuries will do no good. So it's important to go back to that thing I said before. Everything needs to say glorify God. Glorify God. Everything needs to lift up the name of, and we welcome the Holy Spirit to be active and present amongst us in all of our gatherings. Amen? See, those are the things that he's referring to here. God's got the plans. He needs the laborers to get out and do these things and put this together. Those are wise words from Solomon. It, it, it's the Lord that builds the house, but it's us, the people, who actually go out and do it. So, anyway, we're also moving on here to, uh, I'm going to skip over some of this because of time. There's some other things I wanted to share, but I'll come back to it another time. But the, the last thing I wanted to say is this, is that we are a community here. This church is a community of what I would refer to and what I've seen people refer to sometimes as living stones. And I want to explain what that is. I'm going to read this passage from Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 18, and it will be on the screens. It says this. 
Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? They said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, some say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Jesus is asking his group. Simon Peter always wanted to be the first to pipe up, and that's great. He said, you are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, some people look at that and think about it. I did a little word study. I was going to call Jakey to see if I was on the right track here, but maybe you'll think this is where I need to be. I know Jakey's such a scholar in these areas, but the name Peter, there's a, a Greek word that was Petros. I don't want to get too far in the weeds in this, but it means, it's like a, Petros is a stone or a, a little stone that could easily be moved or thrown or that kind of thing. The word rock that's in, when he says on this rock I'll build my church, that word is Petra, which is a large stone, a much more uh, significant stone. Jesus is the cornerstone of any foundation of anything that we build for the kingdom of God. He's the cornerstone. And so if he is the cornerstone, that's what really that Jesus was saying. He was first saying, Peter, God the Father has revealed this to you. Not man, not their words, not words of wisdom, not all these people that think they know everything. God the Father revealed to you that I'm the Son of God, that I'm the Christ. That's what Peter, that was a huge thing that Peter was, that that revelation was given to him in the way that it was and that Jesus recognized it. It's a revelation we all have to come to at some point in our lives. But that's what he did. But he, but he also said that this rock, this, this cornerstone that, that Jesus, the true church is going to be built on Jesus. And like Peter, all of us here in this room, if you choose to, like Peter, we can be Petros and not the name. We can be the stones that get built on that cornerstone, on that foundation. And the true church, the true church, wherever it is, not just this one, but this one should be and I believe is, the true church has to be one that receives this revelation just like Peter did and recognizes that Jesus is the Son of the living God, that Jesus is the Christ. He's the anointed one, the one to be worshipped. The one that is above all things. He is the rock of ages. He's our foundation. And that is what the church is to be built on. But it needs us as the other stones to come in and be a part layer by layer. And everyone that we reach out into our community, everyone that comes in is another stone in the, in the wall that we're building in this community of First Assembly. And we're building it for the kingdom. Not for the glory of Pastor Billy or Pastor Bill. It's not for any other purpose. It's not for money or fame. It's for one thing only. Well, three things only. I'll say it again. To glorify God the Father. To lift up the name of Jesus, the Son of God, the one true Son of God and Son of Man. And to welcome and make active in our midst the power of the Holy Spirit working in all that we do. That's what we're building for the kingdom. We could have the praise team come. So look, this community that we're building here, it's thriving.
thriving. You may not know it or see it, but it's thriving. God is moving in our midst now, at this very moment. And if anybody, any person that is a builder or a contractor, they can build a building. But we're not called to build a building. We're called to build a community. A community. In a thriving community. That's why the word thriving is in there, to build a thriving, authentic group of Christ followers. And here's the other thing I want to say about this thriving community that we want to see built stone by stone, person by person, with each one of you on that rock, on that cornerstone. We see, I see, it's not in that vision statement, but I'm going to tell you this is just a much a part of it. I see a community of people filled with the Spirit of God. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Active and operating in His full power. I see a community of people filled with the love of God. And demonstrating that love to each and every person that they encounter. Starting in their home all the way through the people that they meet in their everyday lives. Filled with the Spirit of God and filled with the love of God and in relationship with one another. That's the community of First Pacific. That's the vision. That's the mission that we have. All of those things coming together. And this mission has to go beyond the four walls. It goes beyond the four walls of this building. When we leave here today, if we're not on mission, we're missing it.
sick and afflicted that will bring wholeness to the broken. That's what we're called to do. We're called to be a multi-generational church of all ages and stages of life. Believe me, if you're considering yourself to be or want to be a young person, you're in the best church you could possibly be in. Because there is a wealth of spiritual maturity and experience to come alongside you and lead you into a place where you will grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. That's this place. I think God has uniquely positioned it that way. That's a whole other sermon. We're called to be a church that seeks inclusion. To seek inclusion from every race, tribe, and tongue. Doesn't matter. Not always accepting everything that might be in lifestyle choices or sin, but we can include everyone. That's what we're called to be. We're called to be a church with a heart for children and families, and that's marriages, widows, orphans, grandparents, great grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins. We're just called to have a heart. Absolutely, from each of you. We're going to reach out.